is the NFL Draft. Tomorrow, after all this buildup, all this hype, and all this waiting, the Steelers will pick 24th overall at some time tomorrow night, probably in the range of 11 p.m., the way these things have gone in the past. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. We have time to fuss and maybe even get a little nervous over the first round and how that might play out. Yeah, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin both kind of rained on that a little bit this week by making very clear that they have no interest in moving up and making almost as clear, at least from my perspective, that there's not going to be some super fantabulous moment where they emerge with the franchise quarterback. They're probably going to stay at 24. They're probably going to get one of the running backs. We'll see. It'll be fun. I want to look today at the rest of the class because if you go over the history of the NFL draft, there isn't another in sports like it in the sense that the prospects, the people within these classes are such known commodities when you compare them to hockey and their 18-year-olds from all over the world, baseball the hardest by a mile because of the nuances to pitching and everything else that goes into it. Football, no one bats a 1,000 in football either. And players, even first-rounders, can become big disappointments, busts. So the way you look at evaluating drafts in the past, which, by the way, is the only fair way to do it. Everyone's going to be assigning grades like within 30 seconds of a team's pick tomorrow. When you do that and you look over a broader scope, you'll see that it's the class. It's the, it's the whole group that you get that eventually produces the right grade. And in a lot of cases, it's it's guys that are taken really late. I mean, I could mention Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Vince Williams, sixth round picks. All of them. Who was paying attention to those guys when they were drafted? Meaning like the day that they were drafted, day three. Who was paying attention to those guys? Nobody. Nobody. Who took them seriously? Nobody. Other than maybe themselves, hopefully. So you have to look at the class overall. And when I look at the, the Steelers class, as much as these guys, meaning Tomlin and Colbert, profess to sticking by best available, best available, what they end up doing almost invariably is filling organizational needs, especially in the later rounds. So combining what organizational needs are with what these guys talked about this week as being positions that they really like in this draft from a depth perspective. I would say that they're looking at the following. 
A, running back. Duh. <laughs> okay, let's just skip right past that one. B, and I'm not ranking them necessarily. B, they like the class of centers. This surprises me at least a little bit, but maybe it's because I've been focused too much on the fact that there isn't a star center. There isn't someone where you go, uh, okay, that's your heir apparent to Marquise Pouncey. There, there isn't anybody like that. There isn't somebody that I'd see as, yeah, if he's there in the first round, they're going to take him. Now, that said, Chris Sims put out his uh, mock draft yesterday, and, and Sims had a center going to the Steelers. Landon Dickerson of Florida State, but Sims, uh, the NBC analyst, was getting just roasted alive for his mock. Mostly because he had Justin Fields from Ohio State, the quarterback, going 32 overall to Tampa Bay. I mean, I mean I've, I've heard that Fields could fall out of the top 10. I haven't heard that he'd fall out of the top 30 or maybe out of the first round. You never know, though. Maybe he's a genius. But he had Dickerson come into the Steelers. And it's it's not inconceivable. It's also unlikely. I do think you're going to find someone at the position at some level. I don't know it's going to be someone who can come in and right away wrestle the job away from B.J. Finney, but we'll see. Inside linebacker is another. Zaven Collins jumps out. This is this is a guy that even if you don't get somebody in the first round, the depth of athletic, modern type inside linebackers is there through every round. I wrote about the reaction that Tomlin and Colbert had to my questions at the press conference, which were all about inside linebackers for a column on DK Pittsburgh Sports yesterday and uh, it, it, it's almost funny. I mean, it, it's like it's like just mentioning someone's favorite subject to them or their favorite food to them out of nowhere and just watching the smile crease their face. This is what these guys are like when you bring up linebackers and young linebackers. I'm convinced that they would just draft a linebacker in the first round every year from now until the end of time if it was up to them. But because there's all kinds of depth... At that position, maybe they rightly feel that they can afford to wait on that one. Cornerbacks were brought up, too. Yeah, I know. Everybody breaks out in hives as soon as you mention the Steelers drafting a cornerback because we all have visions of Artie dancing through our heads. Uh, Artie Burns isn't the only corner they've taken who didn't pan out. Others were because of injuries. Sanquez Golson jumps out. Uh, in this regard, they they haven't been great at it. I, I I don't know that it's enough of a trend where you could say, "Wow, they're just they're every bit as bad at drafting corners as they are good at drafting wide receivers." And then there's wide receivers. There there are always wide receivers. Now I would be very surprised if that ends up being any kind of priority for this team, considering that James Washington is your number four and might not spend all that much time on the field again. But then, you know, I didn't necessarily see Chase Claypool coming, even with Juju in a contract year. So you never know about that. 
tight ends, it's not a great draft for tight ends. They need one, but I don't think they'll get one. They might just need to, you know, buckle up with Eric Ebron, hope he stays on the field and see what they can get by way of support, meaning a blocking type or whatever. The one position, really, I think when you look at everything that's available that you would hope that the Steelers can take advantage of with this draft class is offensive tackle. The need doesn't matter in this case. The depth and the quality of that depth in this group, you always hate to let that go. And that does kind of remind me of wide receiver last year because everyone was saying there's only 10 guys. Well, not only 10. There's there's 10 elite guys. You can go 10 deep with elite guys, and then Claypool's the 11th, and he ends up being better than a lot of those guys. And you hate to let that go. And with everyone talking about offensive tackle, offensive tackle, you can't just look at your line and say, well, we've got Zach Banner and Chooks Okorafor, and we're done. We're good. You can't do that. And these guys want to address that. I would argue more in favor of that than trying to supplant or replace or succeed Marquise Pouncey with a third-round or fourth-round center. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself an offensive tackle, even if it doesn't match up. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. That's a personal injury law firm in western Pennsylvania. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated as super lawyers, capital S, capital L. Picture them wearing capes for over 15 years. A super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, and you can learn more about them at lgkg.com or give them a call at 888-842-5454. There's going to be... A wish, I think, to address the defensive line, but that is the one slam-dunk guarantee that you have here that they won't be taking because it was like the two of them took turns (laughs) dumping what's available here. Colbert said he hadn't seen a class of defensive linemen. This uh, boy, I mean, he, he wasn't being disrespectful. He was just trying to be honest. So I don't remember the exact term he used. He didn't say this bad. But that's, that's what they were saying. And, and, and Tomlin essentially echoed that. And that's a shame because if you look at the Steelers' D-line, you'd like to see you know, some support toward the future when you're talking about Tyson Alualu being 34, Cam Hayward being 32, Stephon Tuitt being 31. These guys are going to need some support. I don't know that... Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs are those guys, meaning moving forward. They're in the fold. They do need to get on the field and take snaps. But I don't know that you're looking at them and saying, oh, these are the guys that are going to take their place. So that's going to have to be addressed probably significantly in the 2022 draft. It won't and can't be in this one you're going to see 
by the time these three days are done, that the Steelers will have come away with these positions in some form, in some order. And what I'm hoping for through all of that is that they address one immediate need, one above all, by prioritizing running back, and that they look at the rest of these picks not at all from the prism of the 2021 season. Meaning, yeah, it'd be nice to get three guys who start right away. Or even one who starts, meaning the running back, right off the bat, and a couple others who at least work their way into a rotation or into a competition. But after the first pick, I'd really rather just see the Steelers go and address needs, even if that means the player is a project type. And again, I'm going to reference offensive tackle. Because if you can get yourself one of these OTs in here and you can give them a season to get their feet wet and sure, get some reps. Do do with them what you did with Chooks in his first year. Remember that? Chooks Okorafor was getting a lot of goal line reps. Uh, he was even lining up at the tight end. Remember that? And he would always be the tackle eligible and then Zach Banner became that and got semi-famous over it. Get him onto the field. Do that. Don't put him in a position of being responsible for protecting the franchise quarterback, but get him on the field. The Steelers franchise doesn't come to a hard conclusion when Ben Roethlisberger retires. You do still need to keep building toward the future, and you want to bring in talented players, the most talented players that you can. If I had an order preference here, if I could stack these various needs as they're aligned with what's available in the class, I would go running back first. I'd like to see one of these depth-type linebackers come in, inside linebacker, as the second rounder. I really would. I, I just don't feel like this team's defense is set with some combination of Robert Spillane and Vince Williams as your partner to Devin Bush, not in 2021 the way NFL defenses need to cover ground horizontally. And then I'd be looking at this offensive tackle class. I really would. I, I, I want to I take advantage of it. And if you're doing that in the third round, you're doing that in a spot where you're still getting some quality that falls to you, and you're not necessarily worried about whether or not that individual can get on the field in 2021. Beyond that, sure, go ahead and get another corner. It's not like they don't need that. They could use a corner. Just just get, get the corner right, you know, for once. Get the corner right when we come back to one question. just one question and that comes from Ken in West Virginia who says hi Dan without getting into what I believe are lean years ahead I will say that the Steelers had better considered 
early offensive line help. The only proven guy they have is David DeCastro, who's entering his 10th season. The tackle spots are huge. I hope Zach Banner's the answer at one of them, but I don't think Chooks is at the other. Center is another on this line. Am I leaving someone out? Well, <laughs> can the the offensive line and its makeup for the coming season are only going to be impacted by this draft if the Steelers come away with a first-round center. That is it. You're not going to see them draft an offensive tackle and put that offensive, meaning in the first round, and put that offensive tackle out there ahead of Banner or Chooks, regardless of what you or I think of them. For a couple reasons. One, the responsibility to protect Ben's blind side is not going to go to a baby-faced rookie. I don't care how talented they are. Ben's worked with Chooks. Ben knows Chooks. Chooks is going to be on the blind side. Simple as that. And to the right side, Banner's strength, and i underscoring the term strength, is run blocking. And that's the side you're going to see the Steelers want to send their power through. And I don't think you're going to see a rookie step into that. So it would have to be a center. And, you know, no. I'm just, I, I, I can't go there. I can't go there. I'm not suggesting this offensive line is gold as currently constituted. I have concerns even about the one player that you cited as having, you know, being a strength, and that's DeCastro. I didn't like his game at all in 2020. I didn't like what appeared to be, appeared to be from afar, uh, a lack of want to when it came to the running game. That's a big, big worry for me. You can get Najee Harris. You can get Travis Etienne. If you're not opening up holes for him, it's not going to matter. You need both of those things to happen. You need a bunch of things to happen. So I, I don't know that I'd be looking at the first round, certainly, which I think is what you're getting at here, and saying, well, let's let's address the offensive line and then just you know wait a couple of years until it materializes into something. You can't do that. That's, that's the thing with having... Ben in his current status. To some extent, that first round pick, and again, I'd argue that the second round pick as well, have to be able to contribute right away. They really do. Because there were losses this offseason. Significant losses. And those have to be made up for this team to stay at the competitive level where it was, certainly for the first half of last season. I appreciate the question, Ken. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do another one of these daily shots of Steelers tomorrow in advance of the first round. And I'm going to give the final outlook, my final outlook, on how that should play out. Point 
Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.